Blog Talk Radio. Wow, what an interesting day I had yesterday, folks. Um, remember last week's show, if you've listened to it either live or on the archives, we were talking about uh, waterproofing showers, and I uh, got quite a quite a big response on it. It just so happens that uh, last week I got a call to look at a shower uh, that I went up and looked at all the way up in Charleston uh, yesterday, yesterday morning. And it's kind of interesting, and you know, I know I usually answer questions here, but I'm going to throw a question out there to to all of you. And if you're listening live, uh, you can call in, and I'll give you the number in a minute. If not, uh, you can go ahead and send me an email after the show. But this was an interesting shower install. Um, it was a full slab install, and what I mean by a full slab shower install, the actual slabs were helicoptered into the house before the roof was even put on. It's on the second floor. These very large full slabs an hour and they're doing all kinds of funky things uh first thing you're doing is all the joints and th- since it's full slabs there's not a lot of joints but where the where the corners are you can actually see wicking of some kind of silicone or whatever adhesive if it's in there but and that that's kind of a, a common problem that i've seen many times before that's not the biggest problem throughout the entire shower the, you have on the bottom i would say anywhere from a foot to me, almost three feet high, there's wicking, what we call rising damp or wicking. Which is a common problem with shower installs when the pan is not set properly. And I suspect that's what happens here. But here's here's was the big issue. I'm standing there with the client, uh, with the architect. The builder wasn't there. The installer was there. However, uh, they did tell me they talked to the builder. And the builder told them how they installed these particular slabs. And are you ready for this? They used liquid nails. That's right, folks, liquid nails. Now, I scoured through the NTCA manual. I scoured through the MIA manual. And I could not find one reference that recommended liquid nails. Uh, I also couldn't find a reference that didn't recommend liquid nails directly. And what I mean by directly, there is a quote uh, in there, and, and I don't here in front of me right now, but it has to do with organic, <clears throat> excuse me, organic adhesives, and basically organic adhesives, which what liquid nails is, it's an organic adhesives, says so right on their um, uh, on their MSDS and their label, uh, basically should not be used in a wet area for several reasons. So reason reason being, it's organic in nature, and uh, because it's organic in nature it will be susceptible to mold and mildew. In other words, the, it's the food for all that uh, biolog- biological growth. Uh, secondly, the MIA manual, as well as the NTCA manual, uh, and this is where it gets confusing. This is where, if anybody knows this, uh, I need clarification here. States that in a wet area, you have to have 95% coverage. Now, the, my question is, apply to slab installations. Now, to my knowledge, this wasn't set with acres. In other words, it wasn't mechanically set. And, you know, I did find a couple of drawings in the MI annual that discussed, you know, mechanically setting them with no mortar. But these were stuck on the wall with uh, spots here and there of uh, 
of liquid nails. And uh, let me tell you how I came about finding that out. And those of you who read my articles and listened to past shows, I used a infrared camera. You basically take an infrared camera wherever there's mortar or in this case liquid nails touching the back of the stone and they show up a little hotter than the rest of the area. And when I took those photographs, it was clear there was hardly any spots on there at all. So it was very, very hollow, uh, not even considering what the floor looks like. I did not do a destructive test. As you can imagine, this is a very, very expensive shower. So I want to kind of discuss that today if anybody wants to jump in here. The phone number is 323-870-3968. That's area code 323-870-3968. And I would love uh, to hear your opinion or, or actually uh, even if you have a question. If it's not related to this issue, that's fine as well. Just go ahead and give me a call at that 323-870-3968 number. I'll be glad to answer that. Uh, if you don't want to get on the radio here, then you can go ahead and send me an email. I have my email open, and that email is fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. And uh, I'm also on Facebook. If you want to get and look at the Stone Forensic Facebook page, uh, you can go ahead and use Messenger there and send me an instant message if you have a comment or a question. So I do, I do welcome that. Uh, but it was kind of an interesting project, I mean, more than an interesting project, it was I mean, I'm sitting there scratching my head. I mean, we're dealing with a multi-million dollar home, and they set this darn thing in liquid nails. And I can't believe that any legitimate installer that installs stone set full – and we're talking full slabs. We're talking – we're not talking thin slabs here. We're talking three-centimeter slabs. You know, these things probably weigh a thousand pounds a piece, if, if not more. The floor was a mosaic floor. Um, I suspect the shower pan wasn't wasn't installed properly. Uh, also, I was told that the shower pan was installed uh, was not installed. They installed the wall, and then they used a curdy membrane. If you're all those installers out there are familiar with the curdy membrane, and they actually put it up to the wall under the slabs that were already there. And I was kind of scratching my head on that one too. So. Uh, opinion uh if you have a comment uh, go ahead please give me a call 323-870-3968 or we're going to go ahead and in a minute here move on to uh to something else um you know these showers while we're still on the subject are, are are becoming more and more of an issue and i had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and uh, he had mentioned you know we'd never had the issue in the old days we always used to the old you know, mop hop hot tar and mop and you know we, we didn't have these issues that we had he's and his theory was, and I was kind of, and that's kind of interesting, is, you know, all these prefabricated shower pans now, these, you know, polymer uh, shower pans are causing all this problem. And, you know, I got thinking about that a little bit. And, you know, these shower pans are, they're designed to be watertight, uh, not necessarily waterproof. And I say that very lightly simply because uh, you know, water is going to get into the pan. It's going to get into that setting water somehow. It needs a way to escape. And if you listen to last week's show, uh, I know I rattled some cages when I said this, is I'm starting to recommend not sealing a shower floor, uh, a stone shower floor. Don't seal it. Don't don't use it. And what I mean by sealing, I mean using the impregnators in there because, you know, especially with a, a full mortar bed sloped shower pan, uh, you know, you got to drain with weep holes. That water's got somewhere and i don't care about the breathability issue if you get water in there it's going to travel water longer 
and you're going to have the problem like we have in, in this particular case and many, many, many others. I've talked to some colleagues uh, here in the last week or so, and they're all having these, these similar issues. And it all seems to be with some of these uh, new shower pans, which, you know, in, in a way that's good. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to knock these new shower pans, but what it's doing is allowing the less skilled individual who is, uh, you know, not used to, to installing these to install them and they're, they're screwing up. You know, basically that's what they're doing. They're, they're screwing it up. So, again, if you have any comments, please feel free to give me a call. I would love to hear your uh, uh, your story there. I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned last week. If I didn't, I apologize for repeating my. Uh, I'm going to interview a friend of mine who uh, used to work for Noble Seal. He's working for another company now, but he's very familiar with what we call perm rates on uh, on these waterproofing membranes. And we're going to have an interview with him to discuss that because. The all these waterproof membranes do have what we call a perm rate. They're not a total 100% uh, waterproof. So um, that's a little teaser there, and we'll we'll get him on the line. Not not this week, but uh, hopefully next week or the week a week after a week after that. I think I also mentioned the rain issue uh, in showers. A buddy of mine, Don Halverson, out in California, uh, did a study where it, they got numbers anywhere from I think it was over a thousand to eight thousand inches of rain in the average shower. So it's kind of there's a lot a lot of water there. Okay. Uh until we get a call in or, or a comment here, I'm gonna move on and discuss uh some other issues uh that come up in my inspection business, some of the failures that I see and some of the issues that I see. Uh, other than a shower, which we could probably spend, you know, a whole month's worth of shows on, and that is resin stone issues. Uh I'm getting a lot of these resin issues for those of you unaware, that a lot of the granites that are being, uh, you know, sold today are actually uh, resin injected. In other words, resins, you know, polyester resins and polyester is a resin they're commonly using to inject into these slabs. And I, again, I apologize if I repeated myself, but I think it's worth repeating. The problem with polyester resins is that a couple of different things. First of all, they're not UV proof. They're not even UV resistant. They break down in ultraviolet light. So let's say you're a fabricator and you're installing, you're storing slabs outside facing the sun, especially if you're here in Florida or somewhere that's really sunny, uh, you can have some discolor issues. And I've seen that many, many times. Um, you know, what I would recommend you do in cases you can't cover them is to uh, just install them, you know, face to face. So you're, you've got the backs exposed to the sun and not the front. Now, with that in mind, before I discuss some of the issues with resin stone, we have to also look at some of the engineered stone, what they call the quartz surfaces. The problem with those is, again, what resin are they made with? They're made with polyester resins. And I'm seeing, especially in South Florida right now, where they're being used in pool bars, you know, outside pool bars, direct sunlight, and all kinds of weird things are happening. Uh, a lot of them are becoming brittle, and polyester will become brittle um you don't believe me uh take a piece of uh, and i'm sure some some of you have done this you take a piece of plastic whether it's a pvc pipe or just a piece of plastic and you put it outside all summer long let it expose to the sun at the end of the summer you can literally take a hammer and tap it and what happens is it falls apart and that's what i predict is going to happen to some of these countertops and engineered materials uh and i've had actual fabricators come up to me and say fred you know that's actually happening we're seeing some of these materials be very very brittle and when they do they have a tendency to crack especially if they're not installed properly so next time you go out and you look at a crack on a countertop you might want to 
question the fact that, you know, how is this crack occurring? Is it because the resins are actually, you know, becoming brittle and causing the countertop to crack? And this would be especially true if you've got a very brittle material and then you have, you know, major differences in, in, in temperatures. You could actually get some, some cracking that, that would occur there. All right, so some of the issues I get uh, with resin stone, of course, is the discoloration. And with certain granites, they'll become lighter. With certain granites, they'll become darker. Sometimes they'll become blotchier. There are some products out there that, that will mask them. Uh, I know 10X makes a product uh, for that, which will uh, which age your tiger, it's called. It's, it's designed for resin-based stones. And you fabricators out there then end up profiling a piece of granite and find that your profile is a lot lighter in color than a top. It's usually because of the resin. And you can actually use this resin tagger to, uh, uh, to to actually bring the color back temporarily. And I, I want to say temporarily. Anytime you add a chemical to anything, it's it's a band-aid. It's a it's a band-aid solution. So um, you, you need to be really careful there. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in the industry down the line, uh, not only with granite and and other stones, but also uh, with the engineered materials, which are really really popular right now. And you know, I read somewhere on an article last week that uh, the trend right now in designing is to use the engineered materials over, over the real granite. So they actually showed a chart on this one website I was looking at where this, the sales of granite countertops have dipped and the uh, sale of these quartz surface materials have actually actually increased. So it, it's going to get interesting. And, and we're seeing a lot of fabricators out there. Uh, doing a lot more quartz surfaces than they are actual granite, whereas they were fabricators that, that did granite. Now, for your restoration guys out there, you know, you've, you've got an opportunity here, obviously. You've got an opportunity to go out and repair some of this material. Uh, again, cracks uh, become an issue because you want to try to, before you go out and repair a crack, and I know a lot of you guys out there know how to repair cracks. You do an excellent job. You've sent me photographs. I've seen the photographs on the Stone Restoration Group and, and the Stone Fabrication Group on Facebook, and, and you do a great job. I'm not knocking uh, your work, but you got to know why it cracked uh, in the first place because your repair could all be for naught if you don't find the cause of the crack. Uh, you know, for the rotting issues with the rotting rod iron jacking, I think we talked about that on another show, uh, removing the rods and uh, going ahead and making that repair. But then you have these crack issues uh, due to the resin hardening. Now, when you go in there and using a repair resin, generally what you're using, again, is another polyester resin. So you're just adding more polyester resin to it. I mean, you know, and you should probably use epoxy to make it a little bit stronger bond. Uh, but again, you guys at work lose know epoxy is a little bit more difficult to work with uh, than some of the polyesters. Some of the polyesters are now. If you're dealing with engineered stone, uh, a lot of these materials uh, glues are now being sold that are pre-colored uh, for you. Um, what's that company out there? Oh, it escapes me. Um, I'm like a little Alzheimer touch here for me today. But anyway. Um, there's a company out there that, that actually, actually there's several companies out there that make glues uh, that are color matched. So you could go say, I have a, you know, a DuPont, Zodiac, black, whatever, and they'll have a, a glue for it. So uh, you might want to uh, check that out, that out as well. Okay. I think I've batted that uh, 
enough. Let's move on to, to something else. Let me give the phone numbers and the emails out one more time. At phone number is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. And you know, be honest with you, I really didn't prepare too much of a topics per se for this particular show. I'm kind of a little tired coming back from that long ride. I, I drove up there rather than fly. Uh, so I didn't have time to actually get someone to interview. So I'm kind of kind of, uh, you know, hodgepodging all over the place here. So if you want to comment or want something to talk about, please go ahead and give me a call. Send me an email at fhouston at gmail.com. And also you can, uh, again, go on Facebook, go to the Stone Forensic site and send me, send me a, a, a message there as well. All right, let's talk about this green bluish bloom that occurs on certain granites. Um, you experienced guys know that this occurs a lot of times when you use the accelerator for your CA glues. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's usually a CA glue stands for cyanoacrylate, which is an which is a super glue basically. And a lot of fabricators will use these in seams, they'll use them for repairs, and they have a it's either in a pump spray or either in an aerosol can. It's known as an accelerator. So you actually apply your glue get it where you want it, you hit it with this aerosol, and when you do it, it instantly cures it. I mean, within a second, it's instantly cured. Well, with certain granites, my theory is, is the accelerator reacts with certain minute amounts of copper that are in certain granites. This is why you get some granites that won't get this bluish green bloom and others that, that will and, and won't. So that's usually because they contain copper. Well, you're not going to go out and test every single piece of granite to see if it has copper because some of these, you know, copper amounts are so minute, they're, they're hardly undetectable. But when that accelerator hits it, there's some kind of chemical reaction that occurs, which will cause magnificent stain. And there's been a lot of not so great success removing these stains. And there's two kits that are made that are specifically for removing this bloom. And that is uh, one's by 10X called TE Blossom. And then Braxton Bragg sells uh, sells one called Blue Be Gone, uh, which is, which it's, it's a kit. It's two chemicals. They mix, they react. Uh, you mix them into a poultice. You apply it to the blue-green stain. It may take several applications to actually remove it. Uh, it's not acidic. Well, you wouldn't have to worry about its acid anyway if it were because you're dealing with granite mostly. I have not seen this occur on marble per se. I mean, I've seen discoloration in marble, marble obviously, but never on um, this blue-green uh, bloom or whatever you want to call it on, on, uh, on granite that we see. I've never seen it on marble, limestone, but I've seen it usually on the light-colored beige colored uh, type granites. You'll see that a lot. So uh, you might want to go ahead and check that out. Um, I've been getting a lot of requests lately. Uh, actually, I just got one just before the show started uh, talking about a lot of these anti-etch coatings that are being sold out there. As a matter of fact, I belong to a, a private forum of restoration contractors. Then we went back and forth on some of these etch coatings, and one of them, I won't mention the name, and I don't know how true this is because I haven't checked it out myself, uh, is like $1,000 a quart. And I'm thinking uh, you could probably almost replace the countertop or refinish the countertop you know, on a by monthly basis for that kind of money. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, there are some problems with these etch coatings that I have worked with. Uh, a lot of them have to do with application. Uh, they're very difficult. They require a lot of prep. 
you get dust settling on them if there's a long cure time. Uh, I have talked with someone on the West Coast that claims to have developed a coating that's quick cured. Um, it goes down really quick and fast. If anybody's out there listening, you have one of those, uh, go ahead and give us a call at 323-870-3968. Or if you have any uh, experience with these anti-etch coatings, uh, pros or cons, uh, would love to hear your opinion. Uh, like I said, I haven't, I've worked with some of them, but obviously I can't get to all of them. Uh, especially since I'm not in that business, um, you know, hands-on anymore. So um, I'm more of a tester than I am anything else right now, but I do have a lot of friends out there that do um, use these, use these materials. Uh, As a matter of fact, that gives me an idea. I'm going to go ahead and um, try to get one of my, my friends that that use, that I know uses these on a regular basis on on the line here, not now, but uh, at a future show and see if I can get him interviewed. But in the meantime, again, uh, if you have a comment or uh, a pros and cons of these anti-edge coatings, uh, give me a call, 323-870-3968. Drop me an email, fhouston at gmail.com, and let me go ahead and check that real quick and make sure no one has sent me an email, and it doesn't look like it unless it hasn't come through yet. And, of course, my uh, Facebook page, which is my um, instant message there as well. You can go ahead and uh, – and give me a holler there as well. So if you've got any question whatsoever about anything to do with stone, tile, installations, restoration, uh, fabrication, uh, this is a show. I want this show to be, you know, the, the go-to place when you, you have an issue. Uh, it's free. <laughs> I'm not charging you for it. So that's kind of a good thing. Uh, and you get a lot of free advice. And, you know, I often tell my students and people I talk to on a regular basis, if I can't find, if I don't know the answer, I'll find the answer. I'll, I'll find the answer some somehow. So, uh, again, and you can imagine some of these uh, inspections that I do, I run into some really weird problems. Um, another problem, moving on, that I've recently run into, and uh, you guys listen, unless you're from the South Florida area or, or in Florida, Texas, maybe Southern California, you're probably not familiar with this material, and that is coral stone. Uh, I said that right, coral stone. That's the stone. It's a lot of it's actually um, quarried right here in Florida, in, in Miami, where they have you know large blocks of coral. This stone is not only very brittle, it's very porous. Uh, it has very very large holes. I had a uh, someone asked me if it could be filled. That uh, I guess some customer saw it somewhere and it was filled and she liked the looks of it and she wanted it filled, and. My initial, I'm going to discuss it a little bit more here in a second, but my initial response was on your Nikes and run as fast as you can in the opposite direction. What I suspect happened is I suspect she probably saw a filled travertine or something similar to travertine, a limestone, and mistook it for filled coral stone. Because in order to fill coral stone, I mean, you're talking some really, really large large voids. You're going to use so much glue, unless you fill it with concrete, uh, you know, Portland. Uh, It's going to be crazy. Plus, now, if it's a floor, which in this case it was, you put all that epoxy or polyester on the floor, you're going to have some other issues. So, as I said, your best advice there is to run in the opposite direction as fast as you can. Uh, Explain to the customer why you don't want to do it, and so you don't look like an idiot, and, uh, you know, go from there. So, anyway... Um, again, the phone number is 323-870-3968 or send me uh, an email at fhouston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at AOL.com. I'll take an instant message on my brand new cell phone. I think I mentioned I uh, when I was doing a shower inspection, 
I dropped my phone and dropped it right on the corner. It had a case on it, but man, it broke. I couldn't get the thing to turn back on. Now it's a rather old phone, you know, so I, I went and bought a new phone and this time I, I'm buying a protective case, one of these cases that you can uh, apparently drop the phone from six foot and drop it in a puddle of water. So I won't be dropping it in a toilet anytime soon as well. So uh, um, give me a call on, uh, send me a message on there, if you will. Uh, that cell is 321-514-6845. You know, if you have any suggestions or topics for future shows, you know, things we want to cover, again, being, Stone restoration, stone fabrication, stone installation, and on tile as well. I'm sorry, just I'm not just talking stone, but stone uh, and tile. Definitely go ahead and uh, uh, send me an email with a suggestion, or if you'd like to be interviewed on the show, uh, let's go ahead and inter- interview as well. Uh, I'm probably going to make this a short show since, again, I said I'm tired. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, uh, I haven't really prepared a lot for it other than those few little things I've talked about. If you haven't listened to the, uh, the show last week, oh, that was a great show on shower pans and in a proper way, improper way. And, you know, we had a couple individuals call in as well as a, an interview. So that's definitely worth uh, going back into the ar- archives. I mean, on this site here, blog, talk, radio, backslash DR Fred, D-R-F-R-E. And you can listen to all the past shows, and of course, I'm always here to take your uh, take your questions not only live on the show but also uh, via email as well. So I think we'll wrap the show up for this week. And again, uh, hopefully you're listening. I have a question. Uh, go ahead and send me an email. But until next week, uh, I will catch everybody then. Have a great weekend.